Well, we're into week four of the federal election campaign, and the polls are tightening. The leaders are getting ready for the French language debate tonight, the English language debate tomorrow, and all eyes will be on what impact that has on the campaign going forward. Welcome back to In Focus with David Coletto. I'm David Coletto. On this episode of the podcast, I share some new numbers from my firm Abacus Data's latest poll that we released yesterday that included a look at how people responded and reacted to the TV ad debate last Thursday and what impact that might be having on voting intentions and this election. I'll also take a look uh, at some key metrics that I think are important to understanding how this election will go and and what might impact the final outcome. Now, yesterday, uh, we released some brand new numbers from a survey that we completed from Friday to Monday. We interviewed 2,800 plus Canadians eligible to vote. All of this fieldwork was carried out prior, uh, sorry, after the TV ad debate on Thursday evening. Now, what we find is as close as it can get. We've got a tie between the Conservatives and the Liberals, each at 32%. The New Democrats are at 21%, the Bloc at 7%, the People's Party at 3 the Greens at 3 um, In terms of changes from our previous survey, we've got the Conservatives down one point, but otherwise uh, pretty stable. Um, basically, since uh, the end of August, we've had both the Liberals and the Conservatives statistically tied, and the NDP Um, in the low 20s. So not a whole lot has changed in our tracking. Uh, Obviously, this doesn't mirror some of the more significant shifts that we've seen in some of the daily tracking polls out. But what I do think it suggests is that the gains the Conservatives made over the early days of the campaign, um, their momentum seems to have, have stopped. The Liberal, if there was any bleeding, has stopped. And again, uh, it really feels like we are at a place um, where things were when the 2019 campaign ended, which is a deadlock nationally. Now, regionally, we see the uh, three-way race in BC, the New Democrats at 35, the Liberals at 29, the Conservatives at 27, the Conservatives still well, well ahead in the prairies. In Ontario, we've got a three-point Liberal lead, 37 for the Liberals, 34 for the Conservatives, with the New Democrats at 21. In Quebec, uh, not a lot of change uh, from before the TVI debate, the Liberals and the Bloc, we have them basically tied, 32 Liberal, 31 Bloc, the Conservatives at 21, and the NDP at 13. Now, since the end of August, the Liberals are up three, the Bloc is down three, but that's all within the margin of error of our survey. Now, out in Atlantic Canada, uh, we've seen, a, I think, a, a tightening of the race there, a number of other polls signaling this as well. We've got the Liberals ahead by seven over the Conservatives, 39 to 32, with the NDP at 20. Now, I think, you know, that's the, that's the overall horse race among those who say they will definitely vote, probably a better indicator of where the popular vote will end. We've got the Conservatives ahead by two, 34, 32, with the NDP at 21, and again, not a whole lot of change uh, on that number. In fact, that was the exact same split that we had uh, at the end of August um, on our second, um, our third election uh, survey. Now, we asked a number of questions about the TVR leaders debate that was held Thursday evening. 
48% of respondents in Quebec said they watched all or some of that debate. Another 27% said they had heard about it from others, while one out of four Quebecers said they didn't hear anything about the debate. Now, if we compare these numbers to a similar poll that we did after the TVA debate in the 2019 campaign, it appears that the audience for this debate was actually slightly larger. Um, whether that shows up in the ratings or, or, or otherwise, it, it remains to be seen. But our initial indications are that this debate was um, had a big reach and, and people paid attention. Now, when we ask people uh, to react to it, those who either watched it or heard about it, and we say, based on what you saw or heard, do you think each of these leaders made a very positive impression, a positive impression, uh, no real impression, a negative impression, or a very negative impression? The thing that stands out to me is that uh, for the three leaders, all of them had net positive scores, meaning more people thought they did well than, than didn't. Um, and there was no leader that really stood out as having a really bad night. If we remember back to 2019, the polls that we did indicated that Andrew Scheer, the conservative leader at the time, had a very bad night. More than half of people thought um, he did poorly and, and, and left them with a negative uh, impression. In, in this debate, um, about half said that their view of Mr. Blanchette and Mr. Trudeau were positive as a result of the debate. And about a third felt the same way about Mr. O'Toole and Mr. Singh. On the negative side, uh, Mr. O'Toole had the highest negatives, but at 25%, it's not catastrophic. It's not, I don't even think, problematic. Um, Mr. Trudeau was at 23 negative, Mr. Singh 21, and Mr. Blanchett 15. When we ask folks which one leader did more to win their vote than the others, Mr. Trudeau comes out well ahead, 33% picked uh, the Liberal leader, Mr. Blanchette, the Bloc leader, was at 22, Mr. O'Toole at 20, and Mr. Singh at 13, um, signaling that, that you know, more people thought Mr. Trudeau did, did well, um, but this is you know, not that far off of, of where vote intentions are in the province at the time. Now, when we ask people, can you, name a, can you name the leader that you thought did the most to lose your vote? Funny enough, or not, Mr. Trudeau comes ahead on this one as well. 30% thought he did the most to lose their vote, followed by Mr. O'Toole at 24, Mr. Singh at 13, and Mr. Blanchette at 12. Interestingly, one out of five people who either watched or heard about this debate thought that none of them uh, did, did, did more to lose their vote. Um, I think a signal that these results suggest Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Blanchette had better nights than the other two leaders, but that no leader performed poorly. And when we look at vote intention in Quebec, when we look at the impression of the leaders in Quebec, all indicators suggest that this debate hasn't fundamentally changed the trajectory of the election yet, that uh, the people who were inclined to, to like or, or vote for Mr. Trudeau thought he did well, the people who, who thought that Mr. Blanchette was the best uh, during the debate were also the probably most who thought they would vote for him anyways. And so it appears that this debate uh, comes as a wash. Now, that doesn't mean it, it didn't impact the results. If, um, you know, Mr. O'Toole or Mr. Singh had better nights, that might have helped gain some momentum. But again, my conclusion is that I don't think this debate right now changes anything. Now, whether tonight's debate or uh, tomorrow's English language debate has the same effect, we will see and we will be in the field on the weekend to gauge reaction uh, to those two debates.
Now, a few other things of note from our survey that I think are worth pointing out. Uh, we, we have been asking people who they think will win this election right from the start. And in my mind, this remains one of the more important questions. Um, it's not a predictive question. We're not asking people uh, to, pre- you know, we're not using this as a way to predict who will win the election, but it's an important perceptual measure that I think has an effect on voting intentions. Today, 37% think the Liberals are going to win. That's down six points from last week. It's down nine from just before the election started. The Conservatives are now at 30%, up seven points from last week, and up 12 points from when this campaign started. So more still think the Liberals are going to win, but that gap has closed substantially from a 30-point gap in favor of the Liberals when the campaign started to a seven-point gap today. Why does this matter? Well, If you're somebody who would prefer a liberal government but thinks the conservatives are going to win and your first choice right now isn't the liberals, that might have you reconsidering your vote um, and thinking about how do you get a better outcome, an outcome that, um, you know, you you, you want the least. Um, I don't think we're at a stage yet where most people feel that the conservatives are going to win this election, but there's no doubt in my mind that there's a, a clear indication that people think this election is close and that increasingly the Conservatives um, have a good shot at winning. The other key metric is, you know, are these parties able to grow outside of the the groups who voted for them back in 2019? And when I look at, you know, current vote intentions compared to 2019 vote, uh, among the three major parties, about 80% or more of those who said they voted for those parties back in 2019 say they will vote for those parties again. Among liberal voters in 2019, 80% would vote liberal today, 10 would go to the New Democrats, 8 to the Conservatives. Uh, among, the 80, among those who voted Conservative in 2019, 84% would stick with the party today, 3 would go to the People's Party, 6 to the Liberals, 5 to the New Democrats. And among NDP voters in 2019, again, 79%, almost the same number as the Liberals say they would stick with the New Democrats, but 11%. Uh, have switched over to the, the Liberals. So all in, it, it produces uh, an overall vote intention number that's very similar to 2019. And apart from the Greens that have seemingly lost almost more than half of their vote, uh, most of the major parties haven't really uh, pulled a lot of voters um, from from the other parties. And I think it's an indicator that, you know, Right now, um, much of, of the 2019 political landscape or the pre-pandemic landscape is, is holding and, and whether or not any of these parties can break those barriers that, that prevented them from doing better in 2019 uh, probably still exist today. Last point, we've been tracking two key groups, liberal NDP switchers, those that would put their first or second choice as liberal or NDP, they make up about 18% of the electorate now. Over the past week, the Liberals have increased their vote share among this group. They're up eight points. 65% of them would vote Liberal, 35 NDP. That's an indicator that there may be some coalescing uh, around the Liberals uh, and away from the New Democrats, something to watch for. Among Liberal Conservative switchers, we also, a much smaller group, we also are seeing the Liberals gain there slightly. Uh, five-point gain for them. They're up to 52% among that group compared to 48 for the Conservatives. Just a few days ago, it was, it was almost the reverse. 
This past week, I think, has been a, a much more challenging week for Mr. O'Toole. Um, the conversation about guns and, and kind of the flip-flop that, that Mr. O'Toole did, I think, um, has put himself in a really difficult position because if the, uh, the, uh, the Achilles heel for conservatives is often that people believe they have a hidden agenda, that they are not going to do what they, what they say they're going to do. And Mr. O'Toole and the conservatives offered up a, a perfect example of that. And in fact, you know, by changing their position multiple times over the course of the week, fed into this idea and gave the liberals um, a, a platform in which to say that maybe everything in the conservative platform is up for debate and not firm. And so we'll continue to see whether this puts a squeeze on progressive voters to vote liberal and perhaps even um, those liberal conservative switchers to, to come back to the liberals if they feel that the conservatives just cannot be trusted. Something we're going to watch carefully and I think um, probably explains why both the desire for change number is holding steady as well as the conservative vote um, share number. Now tomorrow uh, is the English language debate. If you um, are watching, I encourage you to tune into CPAC. I'll be on before and after to give some thoughts and share some data. And uh, later this week, I'm going to be on uh, Eric Grenier's podcast, The Writ. So also encourage you to, to tune into that. We'll be back with some new data next week as we head into the final week of the campaign. Hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening. And if you are looking for any of the data that I referenced or more, you can visit uh, abacusdata.ca for, for all the details. Have a great week. Take care.